Hi. Oh my god, hi. I'm like, oh, James. Okay, do you want to sit on down? And <laughs> I'm already sitting. You know I never stand. And we were ready to do a podcast. And that's we're what we're doing. We finished five minutes ago and doing right. another one. <laughs> hi, Jake. Hello, James. Um, we're still here. Talking about the Fringe Festival. We sure are. Yeah. And thank goodness for that. Thank goodness. Thank God for Ryan. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I still think it's so funny that you can say whale come and people think you're saying welcome. Are you going to say welcome to Praise Dionysus? Praise him! <laughs> you're whale come. We already <laughs> recorded this and forgot to say Praise Dionysus. Yes, yeah, so this is our second attempt at this mm-hmm. introduction. Mm-hmm. Praise him! And that's a rare <laughs> second attempt because no. we don't tend to do No, we never do attempts. Attempts. No, no, I never take a second tape. It's all in one go. <laughs> Um, great. So I in- said second tape. Well, we're not doing a second tape. Oh, God. Yes, it's not a second tape. Um, so we're still in the midst of the... Can we go African animals? Is African Af- animals. Um, a jaffringe. Oh, good. Instead of a giraffe. Yes, thank That's you. Good. Yes. you got to do it. Um, I'm scared that I'll say something not from Africa. Do you want to go? Because No, because that whole thing about... like I don't know where tigers live. Is tigers that- live everywhere. So there are tigers everywhere. There's tiger in no, Africa, like- tiger in Asia. I feel like tigers are just in India. No, no. Oh, wait. No. Oh, I'm thinking of just like big cats in general. Tigers? I'm pretty sure there's tigers in Africa and also in Asia. Um, I don't think you need to Google that, James. I'm going to. Okay, you, you Google keep that. Introducing. Um, sure, and I'll I'll keep talking. Um, so yeah, so in this episode we'll be talking about New Disco by Ellen Marning, Vicky and Roger's Cattle Call by The Barrels, Beep Test by Nilon and Peel, and Jan Padinsky, Bailey Live by Alexander Dimalovsky. James, did you get an answer? Yeah, Indo-Chinese tiger. Native to Southeast Asia. Are all tigers Indo-Chinese tigers? No, there, but there is at least one breed of tiger in Indo-China. Good for them. <laughs> I wish I were in Indo-China. I wish I was into your China. Oh. <laughs> Hello, let's get hi. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. Um, hi. Did you want are. to start off with something? Yeah. I. Uh, so for those of you listening along, I have an apology to make. Uh huh. To to one Frankie McNair, terrific comedian. I called Fanny for an entire episode because I said it. And then I double down on it, and I refuse to change my brain. Yes, which is why this is your second recorded apology. Second recorded apology. I'll yeah. do a third one if it's needed. Mm-hmm. Frankie, I'm deeply sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are, in fact, listening to this, uh, you can claim $20 from me. I will give you $20. Great. Is my is the price I pay, as well as recording this apology. And the shame. Frankie. Don't Frankie. the shame. Oh, there's a lot of shame. There's always shame. Yeah, good. Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Okay, so we finished recording the last episode... Like three minutes ago. We sure did. We sure did. Has a lot changed for you in that three minutes? Uh, no. <laughs> How's that for an answer? Good, that's good. For something it'd, funny? No, it'd be nothing. a pretty breakneck roller coaster if that was your life. What about you, Jake? Um, the last three minutes? Last three minutes. Four uh, minutes. No, 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 you briefly touched on having just found out about the Taylor Swift ticket debacle. $24,000 for a ticket? What's going on? A bunch of people are buying tickets to her upcoming Eras tour. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them are just buying the tickets and then putting them on, like, what, like, it's called StubHub? Oh, sure, it's reselling. It's some okay. sort of, yeah, it's like, okay. and there's people just scalping them. And it's them going like, up to 24000 Yes, but you never know if people are just doing that to see if they can make that much money That's just as a wild. goof. Um, Would you want to go and see Taylor Swift live? No, I think the, no, it's one of those things where it's like, I, the, the, the idea of being surrounded by Taylor Swift fans overwhelms me. Yes, I think that is also my opinion. Also, I don't like Taylor Swift, so. You don't like Taylor Swift? I have never listened to a Taylor Swift song and gone, yeah, I get it. 
Never. Never. No. There's no Taylor Swift song that means something to you. Absolutely not. No. Name them. Name a song that you think might be a song I know. I'm not going to waste my time, Fair enough. Do you have a Taylor Swift song that speaks directly to your heart? To my heart. Well, her, like, first two albums were significant to me because I sort of discovered them with my, like, high school boyfriend. So that was, like, a thing for us. Yep. Whether or not it was the first two or just the first one, I'm not sure. But that was big. And... What was that song she... Sorry. I think it was in her Folklore album, maybe, where she was, like... I don't care about your opinion. Wasn't there like a sort of lazy song that was kind of cute? I don't care cute? about your opinion. It's like, whatever. whatever. Is, it the, is it from Reputation? I don't know. That Don't Blame Me song? I don't know. It's really good. Me sure. and Zakaya have been singing it a lot lately for various reasons. Uh-huh. I'm looking <laughs> cool at reasons. Cool reasons. <laughs> what yeah. are the cool reasons, Jake? I can't get into them. <laughs> oh, too cool. Too cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't worry. There are no victims to what's happened. James, literally, what are you checking? Trying to find this damn song. Uh-huh. Um, t- while James does that research, I'd just like to let everyone know that I thought Midnight's was really underwhelming. Wow, um, coming in strong here. Are you Googling or are you putting input into I my I can do remote? both. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite bad. Um, I think that fucking, like, Vigilante song is pretty embarrassing. Um, what else? What I else? forgot that you existed! <laughs> oh, from, uh, Lover. This Lover shop. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Lover was a fun album. Sure. Absolutely. Taylor, Tay-Tay, the, cr- the fans go crazy. Get back to country. I swear to God. Yeah, true. I, I like her country stuff more than I like her pop stuff, I guess. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go country or go back to reputation. Noah Cyrus, come on. What about Noah Cyrus? She does a lot of good country. She sure does. Right. Um, otherwise, I'm currently on this thing because I'm getting sort of a little bit into Chinese medicine mm-hmm. um, and like Eastern philosophies of health. Right. And so I'm only ingesting warm liquids. Okay. Because your body, it's like it's all about the yin and the yang, um, and your stomach is not supposed to be cold. Okay, sure, but like, don't like haven't people drank like regular temperature water since regular temperature water has existed? Um, sure, but it's not necessarily the best thing for you. And also, if you're like more yang than you are yin, you run quite hot. So maybe you don't need to be ingesting like warm liquids. Maybe it's like room temperature is sufficient. Sure. It's all very, like, personalised. Okay, interesting. interesting. Yeah. I'm glad that you found something that works for you. Thank you! Uh, <laughs> any developments on your end? <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I've been... <laughs> uh, what have I been doing in the last six minutes? Nothing. I've been listening to you and talking to you. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably... Jake, mm. I don't think we rated anything last episode. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, so I guess we have to do that now. Yeah, let's do it now. Uh, God, I, that's a crazy thing to have forgotten about doing. One of our key principles. I forgot to, like, oh my God. Yeah, I almost forgot to do it with Connor. And I almost forgot to do it with Sebastiano. <laughs> Maybe it's, oh God. I think I'm just bad at guys not getting distracted. Zero. Z- zero stars. For when? For the last for one? Missing, for missing our ratings. I'm giving this all zero stars. Is this the rating for this episode? Yep. Okay, so you're giving a zero. Zero stars, because also I'm sad that this is our last Fringe episode. It's our last Fringe episode of the year. That is true. Very sad. Um, So what are you going to give the rating to for the last episode? What's the retroactive rating going to be? Okay, well, zero. Okay, so zero is for the last episode. Then I've changed my mind. Mm -hmm. Are you giving your retroactive last episode stuff? Yeah, I think to be fair to the system, if we didn't submit anything, it's like... It's a nil. Yeah, I guess it's a nil. I guess it's a not applicable. Oh, but that's not a number. I don't know. How about Zorg? Zorg? (laughs) (laughs) Do you like Zorg as a number? (laughs) 
I suppose, yeah, it feels false to implant something. I guess we get a pair of zeros for the last one. Zorg stars, everybody. Yes, if you think Zorg is sitting on I a... am Zorg stars! Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's fine, though. Zorg stars isn't a bad name for a person. Great name for a villain. Mm. Um, how many stars are we giving today now? Um, what are you rating? I guess, what are we rating? The entire Fringe experience, I suppose. Gosh. Not the entire Fringe experience, but the entire experience of us doing this podcast for Fringe. Well, that must incorporate Fringe, sure. I mean, it does, but this isn't a quintessential us giving the Fringe Festival a star rating. Okay. This is us giving our experience of making a podcast and doing the Fringe Festival a star rating. Sure. Okay. Sure. So go, hit it. Okay. Mike, what? Like, 406? I'm going to give it 407. You cunt. (laughs) That's who I am. I'm going to give it 407 stars. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I don't like it when you prices write me, but that's... <laughs> you can give it 408. Go on. Change your mind. No, I'm not going to change it. No, I'm going to stick to it. I change my mind. I'm going to give it 406 as no, well. No, that's... <laughs> no, no. We were in this together. Uh-huh. 406 stars. Right. No, because it's been so challenging and weird. I guess we'll reflect more on it once we're done. We, again, cannot true, do anything. We can start reflecting yes. before yes. it's over. Guys! Oh, my God! Yeah. Um... Yeah. Should we talk about some theatre? Let's talk about some fucking fringe theatre. Fucking fringe theatre. Praise Dionysus. My god, praise Dionysus Fringe! Praise him! Ha! Okay, so I went to a show, it was downstairs at the Butterfly Club. Don't We're get hung up right on that. It. I like Don't it. get hung up on being downstairs at the Butterfly Club. Why not? Because people hate it when we get hung up on how much we like it downstairs at the Butterfly Why Club. Why do people hate that? Have they said that to us? No one said that to me or to you, but it's a thing that I've convinced myself is the case. So you know that you're insane. <laughs> Don't. In the brain? Oh, in the brain. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, so I went to see New Disco. Was it upstairs or downstairs? I just told you. Yeah, I know, but I want you to say it again. It was downstairs at the Butterfly Club. Thank Don't get much. distracted by that. Okay. <laughs> Even though it's a really nice place to watch theatre. It's theater. so nice down oh there. Oh my god, it's so nice down mm. there. Um, by Ellen Marning. And it was directed by, full disclosure, directed by Laura McAloney, who I did my undergrad degree with when I was okay. at Monash doing a Bachelor of Performing Arts. Yes, it was discontinued. Yes, it was still a good time. Um, no longer exists. How does that make you feel? Um, Old? Yeah. <laughs> cool suggestion I I did I went to this show Under the misapprehension That Laura was going to be In the show <laughs> But she directed She directed Great um, Good for Laura Yeah which was fine which, But it was something For Ellen to have to compete with My imagined sure. performance Of Laura <laughs> Great But she coped James this show Was really great I went in armed With the opinion Of Elizabeth Brennan Who had said to me mm. Are you gonna go see New Disco I really loved it And it seems like a thing that you would also appreciate. And I was like, but she was like, oh, but don't hold me accountable if you think it's weird or something. True. When people tell you to see a show and you don't like the show, you are scary. Yeah. (laughs) I'm scary. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. What do you mean? You get very passionate about it. About about someone telling you to go to a show they think. No, no. You just, when you talk about the show, you get very passionate. And I often feel that it's reflected on me. When I tell you to see a show and you don't like it. Oh, when you recommend garbage to me and then I go and it's bad. Okay, I see this is turning in a way I didn't want to. Is do. that what you're talking about? I just want to be clear on what you're insulting. Yeah, that, that, that is what I'm talking about. Oh, sure. Well, I'm sorry for caring about stuff. You okay? should be. <laughs> you should be good. Yeah, push that down. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, But yes, so I went to see this show and it was really, really great. Right. New Super disco. Gripping. New disco. Cool. Um, Which is a genre of music, apparently. The show's not about that. But <laughs> apparently it's a genre of it's music. It's good to get ahead of that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, so Ellen comes out. She sort of begins the thing kind of with this very thick German accent and then seems to kind of like be a number of times throughout the piece. So it's a one-woman show and throughout the piece she's... A, a couple of times she plays like a... 
From what I can understand, I've never been to it, but the Bergheim, that really cool the German... Bergheim. Is that what... That's what it is? That's what I've heard it called. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the one where it's, like, really hard to get in. Yep. And yep. the... And it's so a world-famous... It's, like, every night's a different fetish night. It's, like, only cool people go there and they're all dressed in spandex and leather. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that... So she's sort of playing the... I don't know if it's explicitly said, but kind of playing the, like, the bouncer... For that place. Oh, cool. So that's kind of cool. like the person that chooses who gets to go in. That, uh, that's funny. Is I a like thing that. for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting and like intense in the way that like cool German stuff <laughs> can be intense. <laughs> yeah, so I thought. You know, you know yeah. there are different German... like Yeah, Germans <laughs> get intense about a few things, don't they? <laughs> well, even when you plonk them on stage, there's like intense versions of German. Sure. And this is the one that's like leather clad and in sunglasses and shouting at you. Ah, the one we know best. You know, that mm-hmm. type of German. Um, and, but it was interesting in the way that, like, she made me think about for the first time, because of the things that she said, of, like, considering someone in that position, whether or not they're at the Bochheim or anywhere else. Or Puff Duff. Or Puff Duff. The idea that if you're going to, like, run one of those very exclusive doors on a place, Mm. she framed it as being a person that's responsible for curating the venue. Yeah. Okay. Is a thing I'd never thought about. Yeah, I guess that's absolutely what, and especially at Bochheim, that is what they... Apparently do. Sure. Like everything I've ever heard about it has always been like, you need to have the right look. You need to act right. You can't act too excited. Like, you, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. And seeing, I, I, yeah, go on, go on. I want to hear sure. more. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a lot of it was, and not exclusively, but like a, a lot of it was kind of like, po- like poetry or po- poetry adjacent mm. or like spoken word kind of like paragraphs of interesting text. Mm. And something that was really sort of like uniquely impressive about especially the like the more poetic parts that really sounded like poems it was still dynamic and interesting and cohesive with the rest of the show enough Mm. to not require you and this will sound like i'm insulting poets which i don't intend to do but sometimes with poetry especially when it's sprung on you in a play that isn't poetry you are forced to don this lens that's like okay they're doing a poem now Mm. (laughs) so i know i'm not going to have a good time so now i need to put on my poetry glasses (laughs) and be like oh this is a good poem can we get back to the drama (laughs) i I struggle with poetry yeah i do i think i I think it's me i think i'm just dumb i just can't handle my brain goes where's the dragons it doesn't say where's the dragon but like it has that attitude of where's the i wonder i don't what's missing from poetry i don't know what's missing from poetry for me i think it's a little too you're, you're right, it demands too much of me. To, like, too sit, much of you. Yeah, to sit and listen to poetry. I, I, I don't know. What's my, it demanding that you don't have? Patience? Oh my God, why are you attacking me? No, it's, it's interesting. No, it's interesting to hear you talk about this. Not yeah. patience. I think it just requires, especially if I'm, like you say, if I'm not going in with the idea of listening to poetry, mm. I'm not ready to suddenly sit down and be like, all right, time to untangle this noodle of word that is put in front of me. Right, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm ready for something a little more, not necessarily straightforward, mm. but literally a scripted story is something I'm there to watch and listen to. Yeah. I'm not ready to suddenly be like, okay, so what does this sentence actually mean? God, there's something really interesting about... You said a number of interesting things. Thank you. The one that I'm stuck on is the thing you just said about having to, like, hear a few sentences and then, like, untangle them to work out what they mean. Yeah. And I think maybe it's a a thing similar to other things we've talked about where it's, like, maybe we have too many experiences of being forced to wrestle with poem words and then the result of that work has never been satisfying enough. And maybe it is as bad as just you hear one bad poem... And that you then, if you're going to pay attention to it, you are going to have to do some of that untethering and like unwinding and unknotting these sentences. Word maths. And then, yeah, it is word maths. And then Mm. if by the end of all that arithmetic, you're left being like, that's what I had to work out. That is such a pedestrian (laughs) thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess if if that's the thing, if you're going to use poetry, I would want you to talk about like 
the charting of the planets and I want to hear about like the different the gods in the space and the I want to hear about weird big things you well, know because that's your taste when it comes to imagery or subject matter Why I guess is... I guess I guess so and that is entirely like I said that's me is it what is like the Iliad I, making you want yeah okay. I want to hear big things I want to hear big things with poetry okay I feel like I'm definitely the opposite sure yeah I want emotions and smallness and intimacy. I mean, I can get behind that. Sure. Which is part of what was great about seeing um, Stripped Queer the other day. Like some of that, when they were like naked doing poems. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah but some of that poetry was really beautiful for that sort of reason. Because okay. it was like very intricate and personal. I, yeah. I yeah. guess I've never had that experience of listening to poetry and going, oh. Sure. Like it's just, it's never hit me in a way that's made me go, oh yeah, this is, I get it. I really, get even it. when like reading poetry, that's never happened. Absolutely. No, no. There's that one poem, The Fig Tree, that I often prattle on about. But oh, that's yes. literally it. Hmm. That's, yeah. Sorry, guys, if you're a poet out there, write in! Change yeah. my mind. No, I think there's also a thing, too, like, with poetry, if it's a way you got, that you're going to, like, try to tell a story, is poetry really the most, like, succinct, No, I think we've spoken about it? this before. Like, if you're going to tell a story, tell a story. And, like, get there. Yes. Like, don't get... Hung- and it's the same with dialogue, even. Like, just say it. Mm-hmm. Why are you taking the scenic route to get to the thing you're trying to say? Yeah. And if you're going to make us take the scenic route, my God, the words better be nice. And that that's, I imagine, when poetry would be great. Mm. If it takes you somewhere, and as you just said, if it takes you somewhere that it's fun to untangle and figure out, mm. that's good poetry, if baby. If the payoff is worth the mm. effort, mm. if it's worth the sacrifice of not getting there sooner, yeah, it has to be So worth. having said all this... Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, she uh, achieved that. It was like, which <laughs> good one. Yeah, great. It was nice. There was like, this very great segment of monologue that was about her sort of like almost defending the millennial experience in the way of like, you can't be an activist for everything. Like so many people Ooh, yeah. condemn millennials and in the same way that they sort of used to and still do condemn Generation X for mm. not trying hard enough to fix so much of what is now victimizing the younger generation in terms of how a society works. Yeah. And she had this really great rant of being like, these are the reasons that I cannot fix all these problems. I, like, have to pay rent. I have to, like, I don't make enough money. Like, I'm stuck in a capitalist system that makes me so miserable and exhausted. I don't have the energy left to contribute to any of these causes that need to yeah. change. And it's part of what's broken about the system, but part of what's genius about these mechanisms is they stop you from being able to change them. God. Yeah, you know, it was, like, great. It was, like, yeah. long and sweaty and really, really fantastic. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, she achieved so much in this show. Um, she did, and this is another trope thing that I super duper loathe. I really hate it, and this was one of the rare times where it didn't make me mad. Okay. Okay. Sorry to front load it with the no, description. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm listening. It's I'm the thing, attention. and I'm sure you've experienced it. It's very common. Too common. Kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing of like, the uh, scenes happening, the scenes like being described, or the scenes even happening. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there's like, someone says something. <laughs> I'm going to describe what dialogue is. Someone says something, and then someone responds. Got okay. it. And it's typically something like, um, why, 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 why aren't you happy with me anymore? And then the person's like, well, because you're a piece of shit and you're selfish and I wish you'd killed yourself that time. And also I think your sister's, you know, the worst person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I think that she should have like gone on that trip where that plane exploded. I wish she exploded in that plane. <laughs> and, then, and then after like a, like a relatively okay rant, they look at the audience and go... But of course, I didn't actually say that. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's almost like it was all a dream. It's the exact same sort of, why did you do that thing? Why did you do that? It's like, was it the writer showing off? Was it like, 
Why are you trying to give us this thing that could have been a really interesting? Like, it's a play. Mm. It's a play. It's they not real. Could, they could they can have do whatever said you that. want. They could have literally said what it's they just not said. Not to bring it all back to Bojack Horseman. It's like that incredible episode of Bojack Horseman mm. where he does that amazing eulogy for his mother. Spoilers. Mm. Um, he does his eulogy for his mother, and then at the end of the entire episode, which is all just this one speech, it turns out he's giving the speech to a wrong crowd of people. Sure. And it's like that doesn't have any impact on the story now because he didn't say it to anyone at all. Sure. It's it just okay. Ugh, stupid, annoying. That shit. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, if, if you're going to write the dialogue, either it either has to be a thing the character will say, and now we deal with the consequences of those remarks. Mm. You know, it's it's a boring way, if, if it's done in a, for a reason of like, oh, you want us to know that this is how they truly feel, and now we know that, and we can just know that, and the character can know that, but then no one else can find out. That's, I think, one of the more boring options when it comes to helping people understand the inner workings of a character. Yeah. To just get them, like, it's, oh my god, I can't get into that other issue of people being like, and I was thinking this, and I actually wanted to say this. Oh my god, I absolutely. You know, yes. that, We've spoken about that before yeah, as well. Yeah, that stuff. But like, this is just another version of that where it's like, you can't have your cake and also eat it. So why are you bringing this up in relation to this show? Oh, because the, in this piece, and I guess it's another example of them doing something that I normally hate, but so effectively that I liked it. Oh, great. Um, was the, the th- yeah, she was like confronting a man that had been kind of like assaulty to her. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just had this, and it, it was kind of like, it won me over because of the eloquence of what she was saying. Like the stri- the, the writing in the show was so strong that, that I was willing to forgive it for these things that I, you know, as a general rule find very disengaging, but it was that this, the long rant she had about ripping his balls off. Yeah. And it was just like, this is, it was such good writing. It was so evocative and cool mm-hmm. and, and speedy and yeah, full of exciting images. It was, yeah. Great. You, mean, really you can good. get away with anything if you write it well enough, can't you? Like that's the whole point of writing, I suppose. <laughs> sure. No, that's, that's yeah, that's great. No, that's, that's nice so nice philosophy. to hear. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm. it, it sort of like proposed, which is a thing that I've always wondered. Um, it sort of proposed an answer, um, not explicitly, but kind of in the way that, like, of what the show was about and Ellen's experience performing it. Um, proposed th- th- an answer to the question that I've kind of had of like, you know, there's people that are like in nightclubs. And they're just dancing really hard. <laughs> like, just, like, flailing around. They're all, like, elbows and, like, flingy hair. Yes, drug people. Dr- sure, drug people, I suppose. Yeah. They kind of propose an answer as to what's going on inside of their bodies. Sure. Because okay. I've always wondered that. Because I just feel like I'm never going to get to a point, even with whatever drugs. I, maybe naively. I don't think that I'm ever going to get to the point where I'm in a sea of people in a nightclub. Fr- like, thrashing around like that. And having it feel good. And this show kind really? of, like... What do you mean, really? That seems like something you would absolutely do. Not necessarily because of drugs, but you just are a dancey person. But I, I... And not to keep talking about my anxiety, I just don't think I could let yeah. myself feel mentally free enough to do... Like, me being tall really limits a lot of myself. That is that is true. Being just in terms of my is mental prison. hell, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, we'll get you out and dancing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, no. If they should open a tall club. Uh, you cannot... Oh, uh, you can only... Yeah, what, what, what are those um, signs? You must be this tall to enter. Yeah, that's what it would be called, tall to enter. Tall to it. TTE. That's not how you I love maths. Um, so this show, however, mm-hmm. had a part of it where tall people were involved. Not tall people. Dancing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it was interesting that she described a dance floor as being a liminal space. Oh. Which I thought it? was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is. Yeah. Because how would you define a liminal space? Well, like a space that is neither here nor there, like a space that's kind of between spaces. That's, yeah. I mean, I guess it is sort of that, because, you know, yeah, no one's there for good. Well, sure. Sure, well, it's, yeah. Sure, but it's also not a thoroughfare. But the idea that it's kind of like this place that we go that kind of exists outside of everything else, hmm. that you can do your dancing at, 
and then return to... It is weird that if you sort of... I always think, like, what would happen if you sort of somehow managed to record somebody just as they are going to a club, having a dance, going crazy, and then going, and you somehow were able to just remove everybody else from that recording. I'd, yeah. I'd want to see that. Like, okay. the, like a big empty dance hall with just one person doing exactly what they would do with a crowd full of people. Because it's just bonkers the sort of things we do in those spaces mm. as human beings mm. who have evolved to have regular temperature water in our bodies. <laughs> going on in and then just like drinking and dancing and boogieing and flailing and flapping around. Okay. I just think that's weird. And you want to see them having done it in the sea of people, but then you want to see those people stripped away so yeah, you can see I what Yeah, I think that would be interesting. Sure. Well, James, <laughs> you are kind of pitching the thing that we've talked about a number of times, which is every contemporary Melbourne show has to have a dance scene in it where they yes. go to a nightclub. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and we'll put on the disco ball and the coloured lights and we'll play that oops, Robin oops, song. Oops, or the, oops, exactly oops. that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we'll just watch the three cast members just like dance around. And then oh, two that... people will laugh. Always two people laugh. I don't know how good, I don't care how good it There's is. There's a limit to how it good it can always be. always makes me cringe. I mean, Every time. Challenge this though. Artists out there, challenge it. Oh, do it. Do it good. Do it Show so me. good. Show okay. me it can be Prove done well. Prove him wrong. Ugh. <laughs> They won't be able to. Um, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just... By the end of... Oh, it sounds like it also, really had an effect on you. It did have an effect. It also additionally had this effect of, like, I was already in love with the space, mm. but this just made me have, like, an even more torrid love affair with it in the way that, like... Ellen, like, occupied this space in a way that felt almost like the, the, the story had kind of, like, emerged in the space. Mm. Like, she she used it in a way that where the story sat inside of it in, in like... In a way, some like in ways similar to the way the Concutus managed to make it kind of feel like we were on that cruise ship with him, and and there were like trinkets and whatnot around that were part of mm. his performance, like his clever use of the space. But this took it to like another level in the way that like it really was like just just Alan on stage the entire time, yeah. and she managed to like make it feel like the story, like that the, the space was helping her tell the story, and she needed to use more of the space to tell more of the story. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh my god, new disco. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I on the train home, okay. <laughs> I wrote this really pathetic thing that I have to say because I think it's a nice compliment. But I want you to know that I think it's really lame. Okay. okay? I will be the judge. Don't bully me to my face, please. Yeah, I'll turn around. <laughs> um, I wrote down that she's a storytelling warrior. Hmm. Uh huh. And then I also wrote, but I'm glad she's on our side. Isn't that the lamest thing you've ever heard? Turn around, I can't say this to your face. A storytelling warrior, and I'm glad she's on our side. That sounds like some... Okay. Yeah, no, you know what? That is a nice thing to say. <laughs> and I'm going to stop now. Yeah? <laughs> I sure hope the dragons are on our side! <laughs> you fucking nerd. That's what you sound like. That's <laughs> what you sound like. Do warrior? You... <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? Do you have anything to say about... Sorry, your, me. <laughs> your experience of nightclubs. Do you have anything to say? No, I feel like I've definitely said most of my thoughts about nightclubs on this podcast at some point or another. Um, mm -hmm. I am trying to re-engage with them because I, I quite like the idea of going to have a dance. Mm. And that, that the sound of this show makes me want to get out there more. For and sure. And have a boogie and, and experience that sort of that sort of joy and weird, almost fear-adjacent mm. exhilaration of a night out. Oh. Yeah. I even have those words. I fucking wish. I wish. The, and these probably exist. I wish nightclubs were a bit less about looking good. Maybe they're not. I wish the lights were darker. Lights were darker, mm. quack, quack. And okay. it was just like, you came there to like get sweaty and writhe. Yes. And I, but I the, want but, to ride. But the issue, I think, with those spaces do exist, but almost 
you all were, you almost always need to be on drugs to be in that space and enjoying it, I think. I guess that's why people enjoy those like death pits and like concerts. Maybe you should get into death pits. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe this is my new evolution. Yeah, I mean, Chinese medicine and death pits. That <laughs> sounds like a good mix. That does. You drink some hot water and then go punch a man in a pit of people. Yes, please. Warrior. <laughs> She's a warrior. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, there's a bird outside. Oh god, I hope you guys can hear it. It's if really you scary. can't, you think I'm crazy. This possum keeps crawling up onto my window for shelter. It's underneath, you know when a, like a window flaps out? Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's really between, cute. Like, you not, can just see the possum. Yeah, yeah. You know that moment that you have? It's like when you see a spider or something, when you're like, oh god, there's an alive thing like nearer to me than I thought oh, it was. Yes. Sure, yes. I live in a house where we just had a lot of um, rain pooling in our backyard and then heat, so now we're just swarming with bugs. Just bugs everywhere. Just you live in bugs. a lagoon? I live in bug nature. Where is the water? Uh, like when it was raining, it was just there were puddles out the back all the time. Oh, just out the rain. back though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's where they've come from, and now they're just everywhere. Oh my god! So that's my life of living things. When I saw that possum sitting on my window, mm. I was like, oh my god, should I get rid of the fly screen? And they're just like, become one of those people. Uh, maybe these people don't exist. Just like leave the windows open, leave the doors open, just let the animals take hold. <laughs> no, those people do exist. I think they're called squatters. Oh sure. So I yeah. saw Vicky and Rogers' cattle call. Yeah, great. This is in the same room upstairs as the Whisper. So it was all the way upstairs. Where you inexplicably saw a whisper. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when you saw a whisper? Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I, I don't know what your joke is. Do you here. recall? No, <laughs> no, that's what I just said, didn't I? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Okay. Um, same room as the whisper, you say? Same room as the whisper. You can't whisper that whisperly. Stop arousing people. Too bad they're all erect and wet. So, <laughs> oh, um, mm. but this erect time erect and wet, you say. <laughs> uh, Georgie and I this time. Georgie again went with dear friend Georgie Potter. Welcome, Georgie. Welcome Georgie Potter. Potter. Georgie Potter. Uh, she and I took the elevator this time. Okay. <laughs> yes, your, your laziness learned his mistake. Refused to go up those stairs. Uh, probably nearly died. That elevator is so scary. Mm. It is like. It feels like a cell in an insane asylum if they just sort of hooked it up to a pendulum and just yanked on it. How big is it? It's the size of a cell in an asylum. It's tiny. Like it's, um, you, I forget you've not been to an asylum. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like probably the size of like a la, like a toilet cubicle. Also like a, a really small elevator. Small elevator. Okay. And you could like noticeably like doors were not closing well. Oh gosh. You can hear things clanking around. They need to do something about it, Jake. Okay. Mm. Anywho. <laughs> Went uh, long. Yeah. Sat on down. Yep. In the front row. Okay. Uh, and this show is one of those shows mm. that I, I think I've seen, I've definitely seen at least two with the exact same premise this this season of Fringe. Great. Um, and I think it, it is great. I think it's a really good type of show. I think it is a timeless type of show. Mm. I think it is a show that everyone should do more of. And what it is, is it is a variety show Veiled in a, in, a, in, a, in a story that is not very important or complicated. <laughs> okay, great. And it, that is so good because mm. I, I just, I, first of all, I love a variety show. It's got variety. It's got variety. Mm. Uh, so this was, I saw um, in, I don't know which episode, uh, spoke about the audition room. Yes. And this is, it, it's, it's, it's more or less the exact same premise. Okay. But it's Vicky and Roger's cattle call. Mm. And it is a self-described love letter to community theatre. Oh my god! Right? Oh my like god. when I read that, I knew it would be good. Oh. And oh my god, the love I have for the Barrels. Mm. So that is Laura Trenery and Patrick Dwyer are the Barrels. They're mm. a comedy duo, <laughs> um, and they play 
They play Roger Seahorse and Victoria Beauvoir. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Victoria, I'm um, sorry, Beauvoir. Beauvoir. You're fanny enough. You're fanny enough. I misread it. <laughs> Victoria Beauvoir. It's funny because it sounds like Beauvoir. Okay. okay. So, what are the names? Victoria. Uh, so, it's Roger Seahorse and Victoria Beauvoir. <laughs> it's so good. Roger Seahorse and Victoria Beauvoir. Really funny. I advise you all to look up the publicity for this show, The Barrels. Because you need to see these characters. Mm. So the they, the characters they play come from the world of, like, pageants. And, like, beauty pageants and, like, Little Miss blah blah pageants. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple... The, the vibes it gave me immediately were, like, Strictly Ballroom. Okay. Uh, and I should... So Laura Trenary is playing Roger Seahorse. Yeah. She's got this... Huge powder blue. Sorry, seahorse, seahorse is such a funny such surname. a good surname, and it's so oh my god, so good. She plays and she's got this big powder blue suit, way too big for her. Mm. Tiny little hands. She's got a really beautiful face mm. that is like it's a smaller face. Okay, and she wears this. It's on the smaller side. It's all it is. It's on the smaller side. she's not a baby, she's but not. it's small. <laughs> Yeah. You want to look at it and go, big face! <laughs> um, and she wears this, like, big, like, red wig mm. that is, like, cut just horribly. Right. <laughs> and it makes her tiny face look even tinier. Fantastic. And she's painted her teeth with whiteout. <laughs> she's got, a, like, a very fake t- orange tan. Right. And she just plays... She plays, like... I can't... I will not do an impression because I will not get it right. But the if, if... I don't know how to describe the voice she puts on, but it's sort of like this... Prim, well-to-do, attempting, big show. I will do an attempt. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> oh, well, yes, that's wonderful. Oh, I'm here to do the show with all of my friends. That's the sort of verse. Okay. And I loved it so much. Great. And Patrick Dreyer plays Victoria Beauvoir. Uh-huh. A Marilyn Monroe, beautiful, gorgeous goddess mm. in heels, in a dress, in a wig, be- and also playing the piano the whole time. Oh, the whole time? Not the whole time, but oh. for most of the... <laughs> I lied to you. I lied to your face just then. Um, really talented musician. Mm. Got to get that out of the way from the get-go. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, she played the, like, the Marilyn... So the two of them together... Wait, sorry, when you say Marilyn Monroe... Are they playing Marilyn Monroe? No, 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 but she she is a Marilyn Monroe homage. She's the leading right. lady. She's a beautiful blonde. Oh. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, so the two of them, mm. uh, the characters, have decided to leave the world of pageantry, and Roger Seahorse has written a, <laughs> has written a new show. Yep. Um, I can't remember what the show is called, but it involves time travel. Mm-hmm. It involves swans. Mm-hmm. It involves the moon. <laughs> and they are writing... They're casting for this incredibly large cast, but of course, mm. um, uh, Victoria Beauvoir. I keep saying Beauvoir. Victorian Beauvoir mm. is the lead. Okay, yes. But they need to cast for her love interest. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Her love interest. <laughs> her love interest. Oh no, you weapon. Weapon. <laughs> It's coming um, out. <laughs> she, so they are casting for Draindon, the Swan Prince. <laughs> Drandon? <laughs> Drandon the Swan Prince. Fuck yes. When Fuck a funny yes. name is funny. Among all the... So the way they did it was, they had... I think they had two people up who knew they were going to be... Wait, had, sorry, I'm still stuck. Drandon the Swan Prince? Swain, the, Drandon the Swan Prince is, right. one, is one of the roles they're casting. Great. One of the main ones. Yep. Uh, but the way they do it is they... From what I can tell, and like I said, I've only seen the one show, but I believe it's different people on every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I th- and from what I can tell, they have two people on at least the show that Georgie and I saw, 
who are there and know that they're going to be on and have something prepared mm. for the variety show part of it. Yeah. And then the one they get on to cast as Drainton is actual audience participation. Okay. Which I think is fun to have a mix. Yeah. Because I've seen the, like, the audition room was all people who knew they were going to be there and they all had stuff prepared. But this was like, it felt a little more, it felt more community theatre. Oh. It was, re- it was really nice in like yeah. the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it really was a love letter. Yeah. So they got up the people to do the audition. The first one on was this, this, this... <laughs> Lump of a man. Oh god! And I said it because that's the character. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was so she was just had like a bucket hat on, mm-hmm. um, not a, a legionnaire hat, you know, with like little sun flaps. Yes. Um, like a fanny pack <laughs> was there, just like obviously just from down the road, and decided that he could do it. And he comes <laughs> up and he, I can't remember the song he sang, but it was like a rock standard, mm. and it was fantastic. And I, I can't find, I can't find the names of anybody who was in the show. As the auditionees. Okay. But you know who you are and you were terrific. Mm. Uh, the second one who came up was... Again, I didn't wasn't able to find their name. But they did like an improvised rap number. Okay. Which was bad in the best way. Oh, cool. And they chose me to inspire them for the the, the rap number. Oh, God, in what way? Were they in, like, name a, like a place? They were like, what do you do? Like he was like being a big rappy boy. And he was like, okay. what, do you, what do you do? And I was like... I don't know why I decided to be the most boring thing in the world. I keep reprimanding you for ruining audience participation. Yes. I killed it. I <laughs> no, I killed it as in it's bad. Oh. I said, they were like, "What are you doing?" I was like, oh, "I actually work in medical administration." Oh. <laughs> it was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, what a fucking broad thing to say." What else? Do, what do you work with? And I was like, "Oh, I actually deal mostly with like ultrasounds and X-rays." And then he took X-ray and made a whole rap out of that. James, how did you drop the ball? I don't know! It's almost as if it's difficult to not just be honest with people when they ask you questions. It's almost as if if someone asks you... I refuse to accept that you're not broken. I refuse. Do Um, you prefer Rihanna or Beyonce? A valid answer. No, 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 no. Because that one, you just pick one. Can be neither. No! You can just pick... Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Anywho. Continue. (laughs) And then they pick this gorgeous person to come up and be drained in. And I just... There was a moment where... And this was a fake... Like a person This is a real person from the audience. A real audience. Again, didn't catch their name. Don't know who they were. Okay. Um, And they were just so... Like, they were sort of red in the face because they were clearly a bit nervous to be up on stage but they were so into it like they had to do like a dance Mm. with um, Victoria they had to we must cast Drayton to be be, must be must be elegant and graceful so so they did this like you need to when I tell you that Laura Trannery had the best like crackhead energy in the best way of just like this really intense I've written a piece I've written a piece and I'm casting Victoria to be the lead but they must have a fabulous oh my god with little tiny hands and a tiny little face I just I need to see these characters in everything but yeah but watching this actual audience member dance with Victoria Bivois, who um, Patrick Dwyer can dance, great. Like is a, is a triple like, dance, sing, play the keep like real good. Mm. So watching this like gorgeous audience member just sort of swan about, mm-hmm. thank you so much, uh-huh. um, was really nice. Yeah. Really, really like really nice. And it wasn't one of those moments where we were all sort of feeling awkward for them. It was just very like genuinely nice to watch them sort of try out some dance moves to be oh. drained in this one brand and they were getting taken care of and they were getting taken care of oh. yeah it wasn't one of those mean ones that like Victoria would sort of like lean into the dance moves that were offered very good oh. okay I can't prattle a lot about that too much I'll gush and cry <laughs> um there was a surprise last character like just when you thought they were done oh. I don't want to reveal it because I'm not sure if it's I think it's Probably meant to be like a plot twist. Sure. Uh, so I won't reveal it. Great. But there is a third character yes. that comes in and is just had this really sinister, ominous energy. It was another drag king. And they were like sort of this 
I couldn't tell the character they were trying to be, but it was sort of like this grimy sort of P.I. character <laughs> that sort of spoke like this a bit. Uh-huh. Um, and I just really thought that was a great vibe. Um, yeah, but all to say, have you seen any shows this fringe arena um, that was sort of like... Sorry, was that a pun on Mac Arena? It was. Okay. <laughs> very much. Um, there was like, a, like a, a variety show that you saw and you went like, yes, we need more of this. I think you saw all the variety I shows. I think I did. I saw all the variety shows. I think my last variety show was Chumsville. I think. Wow, that's too far away. This, and it really was a love letter to community theatre in that it was just people getting up. For, and I, I, these people all, I assume, were involved in Fringe as well. Mm. But again, I couldn't find the names. Yeah. Um, but just watching people just get up and do what they like. Yeah. Like, the things they had prepared and rehearsed. They weren't polished golden works of art. They were just them getting up and doing things that made us laugh. Yeah. And it was so... It made us all feel really nice. Mm. And I don't know. I just love theatre. That's so beautiful. Oh, my God. The sheen of, like, attempted perfection is so boring. So boring and so fake. Mm. Yeah. And somehow watching these two characters who were so fake Mm. be, like, themselves... I just... They worked... Sidebar real quick. I was going to go into how much I love watching them perform. Mm. They just... They were so in sync with each other. Yeah. Like, every little... Like... They had this one bit. And I don't know how to describe it. It. I don't think it was rehearsed. Their heads sort of snapped from one part of the audience to the other. Mm. Like, three times in a row. At the same time. Mm. And it just made me immediately think... You two are in each other's brains. Mm. Like, you are, you are so good at these characters... I, I, I just I just need to see more of them. That is all I wanted to say. I just need to see more of these characters yeah. doing more of their things. If you get a chance to see Laura Trenary and Patrick Dwyer playing Roger Seahorse <laughs> and Victoria Bivois, oh. you go and see Roger Seahorse and Victoria Bivois. God, I hope I get to. Have you, have you ever seen an actual variety show? I'm sure I have. Um, like, yeah, like, like I think I went to like a Christmas party that was like a bunch of different acts. Oh, um, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, why, are you? I, is Carol's by Candlelight a variety show? I guess technically, right? It's like a bunch of different acts. Like, there's dancing and singing. That's yeah. a variety show. I suppose. I guess I've also been to, like, drag nights with, like, a bunch of different acts, which I suppose are also variety shows. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. But I think what I, what I mean is I think I love the idea of a variety show that isn't just a variety show. It's a variety show tied together by like... As like a dramaturgical method. Yeah, we're here for this. Yeah. We're here to put on the story of blah, so mm. we need to cast you all. Yeah. Well, like, I want to see more of that. I want more variety shows. Yeah. 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 Oh, in fact, love a structure. Great. Love a structure. Mm. Um, hi. What? Hey, what? I'm just being like, chill. You're not. You're actually really awkward and we all noticed it from across the bar. Okay. What? <laughs> What's going on with me? I think, I don't know. You're, I don't know. It's nine o'clock. I started work at 7.30 this morning. That's what it is. Is it? Oh, it's not just a bunch of your speech impediments resurfacing that are just having a renaissance in your mouth? I did see a speech pathologist in, in primary school. Mm-hmm. I used to say my F is out of the of my mouth. You should have kept it. Fuck. It's more endearing, Fuck. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Keep your lisps. Guys! <laughs> Guys! Fuck. Yep, no, that's my next t-shirt, I reckon. Anyway, <laughs> I went to Theatre Works. I was meant to be going to the Explosives Factory, but there was rain damage, and so they had to move the beep test. So the which Explosives is... didn't go off? Uh, no. Somehow the <laughs> Explosives getting wet didn't cause them to ignite. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're all laughing together. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we got like an, e- an email that day being like, hey Jake, <laughs> make sure you don't go to the explosives factory because it's underwater. So they had to move the beep test. Oh. This musical that I saw yep. with Sebastiano. Of course. He's As Italian. In with <laughs> Sebastiano or Sebastiano was with the beep test? Uh, no, Sebastiano was with Jake. There we go. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and we went to this show. So we had to go to the, like, the normal theatre works venue. Okay. Yeah, the one that's killed her. I feel like it, this is that was that a big deal to you? It sounds like it was a big deal to <laughs> you're you. Such a I'm, dickhead. I just stopped seeing this. This, this is pretty deal. boring, and I don't know why you're dwelling Hurry on it. Hurry the fuck it up. It was interesting because it's impressive the way that they managed to get this show to happen. The way that they managed to move an entire show and not have much time to like re-rehearse it in the space. Sure, I guess again, I've never seen the explosives factory, so I don't know if it's a hugely different space. Is it a hugely different it's space? It's a hugely different space. Okay, that's even impressive. just like a different place. Like when you think of like queuing the lights. When you think of like the proxemics of all of the stuff that happens, yeah. you don't know how far apart everything is going to be all of a sudden. Yeah, everything that's true. feels different. I guess yeah, my brain didn't really put all that together. Oh, okay, that no. sounds okay. All right. <laughs> Do you see why I'm I was tired? Yeah, yeah. And on. Sebastiano was there. Pay attention. Yeah, I got that. Good. <laughs> but Sebastiano is always there. He is always there. He is always there. <laughs> um. So we went. We sat. And they were like, uh, you could sit on like little like fitness mats at the front if you wanted. Of oh. course we didn't. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, but um, yeah. So we sat down as frontal as we could get without being, you know, on fitness mats. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be involved. <laughs> Which is a rule that I have. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, no. And then it starts. And then it's a show that's like, about, you're familiar with what the beep test is, right? Oh, intimately. Intimately? Hate, hate, hate the beep test. Why did you hate it? Oh, well, it always used to expose how just un. Fit I am. But look how far you've come. You're using elevators, even the haunted ones, because you loathe the stairs. I didn't mean to interrupt your story about fitness I had insults. <laughs> no, it's good. It's what I do to you. It feels nice to receive it sometimes. Go on! One of my favourite... Oh my god. <laughs> One of the best rhymes I've ever heard was witness the fitness. Witness the fitness! <laughs> was that a midsummer? There was the midsummer carnival a couple of years ago, and oh. they were doing, for some reason, gymnastics on stage, encouraging people to do it along with them on the lawn in front of the stage. Witness the fitness! Witness the fitness. Like, Look, I'll witness it, but I'm not going to be part of the fitness. Not engaging in the fitness. Sorry. That is a really good rhyme. <laughs> that and Beef Chief. They, beef Chief is like the goal and of language. pork talk. Pork talk. <laughs> Welcome back to Beef Chief. Today we're doing pork talk. Oh my god. That'll be God. our second podcast. <laughs> pork talk. With the, the Beef Chief and who's his sidekick? Sausage McPhee. No. no. <laughs> beef Chief. And it needs to be like, like I feel like the Beef Chief has to come second. It's someone and the Beef Chief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So you know, we're going to be like, what if it's a chief? Who's under a chief? Like a lieutenant or like a captain? But I, think like a... I think there's an understanding that he's not really a chief. No, I know. But I think it'd be cute to be like, what about little Jimmy Ham Ham? My mind also <laughs> went little something. Like little boy beef and beef chief. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. We'll anyway, work on it, guys. We'll, we'll come back to we'll this come some back. other time. Um, but yes, so the show itself is like a musical. It's a very well-written musical. It's a very fun upbeat little musical mm. and part of what it was was like I, what I noticed was happening within maybe like 15 minutes of the show beginning mm. was this thing that was very like quite unfamiliar to me by this point of fringe like I was kind of used to everything kind of having like jagged edges and being kind of like offbeat and odd mm. but this being in like theatre works which is such like a professional feeling like compared to the fringe venues yes. that we've been in feel it's quite professional and large scale um yeah, somehow, yeah, about 15 minutes into the show, I was like, why does my brain feel like it's in a different shape than usual when watching theatre lately? And I was like, oh, it's because this whole show is like very like slick and polished and, you know, it had, yeah, um, and not, not, like, not the boring sheen of perfect that we just talked about. Mm. But it was just so clear that this ensemble was working really effectively together. 
everything was like happen. It was just like synchronized and sharp, and uh, it felt very rehearsed and was great. Oh. And and yeah, so I was like, oh, that's so that's why there's like this extra space in my brain to think about other stuff because I, I you're not imagining and putting things together all the time. Well, and I'm even, I'm even not like somehow there's something relaxing about that level of refinement in the way of like if something's a bit bit junky. Part of me is always worried the junk will go too far and something will go wrong. Right. Okay. You know, like but if it's a bit rough, to sort of sit back and relax. Yes. Yeah. 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 If it's a bit rough, there's always going to be a part of me that's a bit like, oh, yeah. Oh, and I like that, but I didn't realize that it was yeah, it was taking up the space of yeah, what this show provided me with, which was like the calm of <laughs> the sort of like stable, I don't know, stable functionality or something. Yeah. Like it was just like oh, this show's happening and I don't have to put much thought into it. Nice. It's like it's like I got on a plane after having a, a, a few, like my life being afraid of flying and now suddenly I just have full faith in the plane so I don't have to which I do currently this which metaphor is, is getting twisted no in the way that like when I'm on a plane I have to mentally focus on keeping the plane in the air or I don't think it will keep in the air but this was like I somehow that, got wait, a better brain wait, is, that, is, is, that, is that something <laughs> that's the thing that I do but this is almost as if if I had a proper brain I wouldn't even think about that I'd just be like oh planes are easy we're gonna go ahead and circle back here so you when you're on a plane yes James you believe that you have to focus on keeping the plane up. If I don't focus on it, <laughs> the plane will forget to keep flying. <laughs> okay, no, as long as we're clear. It's a, hey, I'm contributing. I don't think it's, I'm doing it's, it. a, it's coping. I'm not doing it by myself. I'm contributing to it. Okay. I'm aware that it's mostly thermodynamics. <laughs> and the pilot. <laughs> but I'm also contributing. And the jet engine. The jet engines. Yes. <laughs> and the lack of geese cluttering up the jet engines. Methinks the chief should step down from the beef. <laughs> So it's year 7C. Is it? It is. And they're doing the beep test. So Josh Reckless and Sarah Reed play the two students in the class that are super into it. And they're kind of competing with each other. Um, because Josh's character, Zach, is kind of like famous for doing his best. And it's kind of like the teacher's pet of the PE teacher, who is also like an integral character in the entire thing. Because mm. like technically he instigates the beep test itself. And then, yeah, he's like... The, 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 the student? The student. Also oh, the teacher. So the PE teacher, Lockie Hewson. Yeah. He, of course, is like... Today's the beep test. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. didn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and then somehow what they managed to do is kind of pack most of the show into the test itself. They do the beep test on stage? Well, they do the beep test. There's so much running. James, you would have hated being in that I show. I would have hated being in that show. I would have hated watching that show, my God. Because it would have triggered too much. I of... can't watch people run. Because <laughs> you feel too... It'll rub off on me. It, it'll rub off on you. Make me tired. <laughs> so... <laughs> So they were running. There must have been a they fit were cast. They were doing the beep test. Good for them. Really good for them. And then there'd be moments where they would like, sort of like freeze or pull away or like be in a moment or like running on the spot. And it was just like really impressive. Like when you, of course, you hear the beep test and you think, oh, that's a thing people know about. That's a thing that people would want to see a show about, which they rightfully should. This show is really good, but it's a great yeah. concept. But then when you think, okay, but how are we going to do the beep test? It is just a lot of running on stage. Yeah. And it's also immediately like, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. That sounds really hard. And the, the test itself occupied at least 80% of the Was show. it continuous? Because the beep test famously is continuous. No, there was like peel away moments. There were freezing moments. There were like dance numbers. It was a musical. So there were like plenty of songs in it. Oh my they God. let them pull away from like the rigid structure of a beep test. I'm sad I missed this. It was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd say Josh Reckless especially was just like, it's very expected for me to think that he was super charming because he's just kind of like, the cool jock guy, yeah. but I fell for it. He seems really, really cool. <laughs> oh, um, wait, I'm waiting. I'm doing a, I'm going to do a Jake and no, but the audience didn't gasp in surprise. 
Um, at what? At you finding the handsome man handsome. No one called him handsome. Grow up, James. You did. <laughs> you literally said, rewind the tapes. No. <laughs> um, I deny it. <laughs> um, and part of what my brain was able to do because of the, like, because I had that extra brain space to think, <laughs> which I do from time to time, <laughs> it made me reflect on, like, the rich metaphorical ground that the beep test really provided. And they explored this... In an, in an implicit way, of course. They, no one looked at the audience and thought, you know what's great about the beep test? It's good for metaphors. <laughs> but um, it was a chance for them to look into things like feminism, like this idea of like the woman competing, like the, 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 the girl student competing with the boy student mm. and the things that are holding her back and the way that their bodies are different. Um, we shouldn't get directly addressed, but of course it's in there. Mm. Um, the idea of self-sacrifice, um, like one of the characters kind of like asks another of the characters to lose so she doesn't come last in the beep test, Aww. you know, that sort of thing. And like, and like the beep test, the beep test itself being like a metaphor for like the way that we prioritize success in our capitalist society. I took my, my brain insisted on making the beep test as a test in this production about capitalism. I mean, yeah. That, that seems, that makes sense. You know, in the way, in the way of people, yeah, trying to succeed at it, leaving everyone else hustle in their culture. wake. It's especially hustle culture. with the idea of like, yeah. And especially with the relationship between the PE teacher and, and the, the, the jock student, um, the, the, the encouragement provided to him, because then of course also like lends itself to being about like privilege and the opportunities mm. that we receive and who's like encouraging you to, to, you know, be your best self, whatever that is. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you do the beep test at school much? Yeah. What did you think of it? Um, oh my god, torture. Torture. Insane. It's really horrible. Yeah. It's horrible on it's every a... level. It's yes. physically torturous. Socially it's torturous. You feel awful. I feel like everyone laughed at me. I it's a distillation mm. of everything that's terrible about almost school generally, yep. but especially athleticism. Uh-huh, especially the sports in school. Yep. Yeah. It's awful. Real bad. Because it's like, it's, it's like a... It's intended to assess your physical capacity. Mm. And that is not a thing you should have to... It's not the ultimate thing in your life. It shouldn't be the one thing. Yeah, sport was always the worst part of school, wasn't it? Really? Fucking awful. Yeah, I hated when we would do um, our school... You know, you do your physicals in sport. Like, you'd be like, how much do you weigh? How how tall? Yeah, did you all do this? We We did this, yeah. We'd have like... I can't remember how frequently we'd do it, but it wasn't... It wasn't... It was like once a year, maybe, we'd all do like weigh ourselves how many sit-ups can you do how tall are you all like these things which I of course was abysmal at mm. and just felt awful having to be like I'm this much weight I'm this much height yes. I'm this much push-ups bad times and the idea that that can be like correct or incorrect or yep. like a B plus we need to work on this mm. yeah real bad and it's like what like equip me with the knowledge I feel like there was like all that measuring and working out if you were like fit or not but then mm. there was never any classes about like eat vegetables yep. you should be exercising this much like this is what your body should feel like mm-hmm. there was none of that Yeah. it was just like once a year we'll make you sweat in front of each other yep. so we all know who's the fittest and who is the least fit if you feel a bunch of shame you just need to keep running god mm. Um, but yes. So, um, there was also the thing of like, in a really sort of clever way, and it was to do with the way that Lockie Hewson's character, like the PE teacher, who was, he was also really, really great. Like he had this Mm. like beautiful, almost like, I don't know enough about singing to be sure that this is the right term, but like almost like an operatic voice. Everyone's voice in this show was really, really great. But yeah, he was especially great. Yeah. at holding this whole thing together and being kind of like the driving force of like the discipline of the, the beep test itself, of course. Then also being kind of like the, the the 
the assertive masculine presence mm. that everything kind of revolved around and revolved because of, yep. in a way. In a yep. way that also kind of informs the sort of, the very, like, surprising and very, like, I didn't expect it to be, like, on the verge of tears by the end of this show. But I was like, it got me there. Oh. And it was, it was to do with, like, the really great writing and, and how... Like complex Lockie's depiction of this PE teacher managed to be. Yeah, that's. I'm glad they went like not just evil teacher. Yeah, I'm glad it wasn't like yeah. oh, and now the boy and the girl will kiss, and then they'll look out to the audience and hit that high note, and then the blackout will come. Yeah, because they could have very easily gone down. Yeah, but yeah, no, it took this surprising route of then kind of like yeah, part of what it explored then was the idea of like becoming an adult with the high school experience you have behind you. Oh my god. And and the way that your perspective does or doesn't shift, and the way that your experience of high school or and certainly too of even just something as simple as like childhood friendships or childhood philosophies mm. the way that that informs the adult that you become and yeah, yeah the, it definitely does yeah and mm. and the you know the importance of growing from that and and what of high school is still left inside of you what of high school is still left inside of you Jake too much I definitely <laughs> think there's too much of it ah. um, but like nothing like I'm quite sure that nothing that's left inside of me is anything that's inherently juvenile like sure. this, you know, like I, d- I don't have any things where it's, yeah, no, I, what do I even mean by that? Yeah. I think everything that's left with me is stuff that I'm not holding onto. It's stuff that's still inside me in terms of like me being who I am. Like there's plenty of like guilt and shame and stuff. Mm. Um, but like there's good stuff too. Like I learned a lot about how to like treat people and like kindness and, yeah. um, you know, leadership and all that garbage. Like, the lessons are there, which I guess is the intention of school, even though the curriculum really works against some of that. Um, but, yeah, I think the stuff, when you, even you asking the question of, like, what's still inside of me, it goes straight to things that I'm embarrassed of or wish I could take back or wish... I definitely have that thing of, like, even though I know intellectually that I was a child that was not capable of behaving better and or that, you know, behaved out of, like, being ill-equipped to cope with what was happening emotionally... Mm. I still judge myself with the eyes of an adult that yeah. considers that that child should know what I know now. Yeah. Um, and it feels bad about having been that person. Yes, yes. Although I wish I could have done this. I wish I had done this. Well, I it's even I just like, I should have done this. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, how could I have done that when it's so clear to me now from the future that that was the wrong thing to be doing? Yeah. Um, and I just, I, you know that thing? I don't know if you've come across this, but that like exercise you're supposed to do where you like imagine yourself going back to your younger self in your past. And slapping yourself in the face. And like, and like yes. going up to yourself and like hugging them and saying like you love them and care about them. No. That sort of garbage. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what work I'd have to do to make that a thing, but... You might need to kill your inner child. I might. <laughs> Strangle him. Yeah, but what about you? What left, what's left of high school in you? No friends. You, you've got no high school no friends. No high school friends. I think I left school and I didn't see any of my high school friends immediately after school like I haven't seen them since wow okay not one um did you think that they would stick around I I don't know I was never really I was sort of like there was like a, a, a group of friends that I was sort of friends with but I, I I guess I just I don't know how much of this was my brain but I always felt very much like I was not in the group you mm. know but I think that's just a high school experience I don't know who knows um but yeah even just like really really close friends that I, I had I just never saw again which mm. feels a bit weird. See, I've seen, like, I, 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 that's a lie. I saw maybe uh, Philip, Philip Davies. Do you remember Philip Davies? Oh, of course. Yeah, Ran into him it. once or twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, no, no one else. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I think. What have I taken from high school? Nothing. Well, not even what you took, like what's still in there. Yeah, well, isn't that something that you took from high well, school? Well, it took makes it sound like you're doing it on purpose. Hmm. 
I don't know. Okay. I think if I were to unpack that, I think I might find something. But right now, nothing springs to my mind. Sure. There's I no shrapnel. I very actively you. avoid thinking about it. About high school as an experience. Yeah, not because I hated it, just because I think I just don't care about it. Okay. I just don't want that to be a part of my narrative. Hmm. Who knows, Jake? I don't have a brain, you see. Sure. Um, You're asking big questions late at night, and my brain is not keeping (laughs) up with it. I'm just going to quickly bring up the fact that, yeah, Sarah Reed really... This whole cast was so good. Mm. Um, Such a boring sentence. But it was just, like, the sort of thing where it was just, like, they were, like, chewing and froing and, like, doing, like, ensemble dance numbers. And it was all just, like, the competency and yeah. the, the, the thrill. It was just really thrilling to watch they really what they were doing. They really beeped that test. I, they, they beeped that test really, really good. Sarah Reed was really great at being, mm. like, a really bearable version of the sort of student that's very much like, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And I just also just need to, like, very quickly point out Jack Keane being really great at, I'm just, like, very sort of, like, immediately taken by any of those characters that are just, like... A, a, a person that's doing their best and they're, they're, not, they're not normal and they're, but they're still very warm and even though mm. no one's very nice to them they still believe in good <laughs> that sort of bullshit yeah good all about it that's so sweet yeah um, yeah no really really fantastic it sounds it I'm really upset I missed it uh, I well. have to do it again <laughs> yeah and also again to see what like to see what Neil and Peel do next it seems like they're like a, like a d- dynamic duo that are churning out really good work so Great. I'm sure they'll be doing something again soon well until the next beep test guys Oh my god. It's going to be a crazy summer. God, the best thing about the beep test, not the show, the, the test, <laughs> was like, that would be the furthest from the beep test you would ever be again. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 365 days until the next one. Yeah. Is that from Rent? That's from Rent. They talk about the beep test a lot in Rent. Yes, they do, don't they? <laughs> when is that from Rent? 365 days until the next beep test. <laughs> minutes. Oh, I'm confused. Until the next beep test. Of course. 525,000. Cut it off because we'll get copyrighted. <laughs> James. Yeah. There's a venue in this fine city we live in. Is it Butterfly Club? No. Oh. It's called the, the Rubber Chicken? <laughs> no. You've never been? I can't say I have. You've never heard of this venue? Quack, quack, I've not. That's a duck. That's bok, a duck. Bok, bok. Bok, He's from Wicked. What are you trying to say? Rubber Chicken. Bok, bok. Oh, go chicken on. Sound, chicken sound. Uh, I go to Clucks, but that's just me. I go to Cucks. You go to Cucks. Yeah. <laughs> for your jollies. Yes. <laughs> I watch Cucks while they watch others. Me and Elizabeth Brennan went to the Rubber Chicken. I assumed, based on nothing, <laughs> that the Rubber Chicken would be like a dark, like quack, old, quack, quack, quack like sort of like decrepit, like gothic castle. But like You're a thinking little of one. Dracula's. I guess Dracula's, but if it was less vampiric and more just kind of like sad and gothic and rectangular. Okay, all right. I imagined that, and I thought it would just be full of like sweaty forty-five-year-old men telling like like drinking beer and telling awful jokes to each other. The rubber chicken. What did you actually get? Like, yeah, I don't know why that's what I pictured, but that's what I thought for no reason. Mm. Um, yeah, but then I got there. I mean, I guess it does have hearken to like. The rusty tankard, the flaggy fling fling, the binky bonk bonk. You know, like that sort of style of naming Maybe. things that is very like the Queen's hands. Yeah, possibly. That's where a bunch of those old men do sit around and tell dirty stories. Sure. Yeah. Which again, sounds fine. But yeah, no, so that's what I was expecting. But then I turn up, it's this like lovely pub. Oh. You go in, the bartender is super nice. Oh. We swap tattoo stories. Oh. See Elizabeth Brennan there. Oh. Always an angel. Yeah. We sit down, like, this, they, they have this like room that is like this opulently decked out, like, 
velvet couches and curtains and coffee tables. What? Super nice. We sit there for a while and talk about life, etc. Of course. And then, so we're there to see Jan Padinsky Bailey Live. Is that the full name of the show? Yes. Jan Padinsky colon Bailey Live. Great. We don't know what they... Great title. uh, Decided to go to it for truly no reason. It just, like, the description seemed funny and odd. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and this is the the last show we're talking about from Fringe. (gasps) Jake, this is it. Oh, my God, this is it. Okay, get ready, everyone. Okay, so me and Elizabeth go inside to see Jan Padinsky barely live. We go up this staircase... To like this space is so beautiful. Like the, this pub thing is so beautiful. Whereabouts like, is the pub? The Rubber Chicken is on like. I had to get there by getting a tram along fucking St Kilda Road, mm-hmm. and then you get off before the Art Centre mm-hmm. if you're coming from like South Yarra. Oh, okay, so it's near the Art Centre. Yeah, so you're coming out of it from that direction, and it's just like a few stops before the Art Centre, and then you just like walk down this street for like a block and a half. Oh, and it's on just a corner down there. Great. Yeah, yeah, super nice. But yeah. Lovely pub, velvet room, staircase. You ascend the staircase. Then there's like an outdoor balcony area for like having oh brunch with the gals. God. There's more pub. There's another bar up there. And then um, a woman who I insisted was the woman to look at our tickets. I'm still not sure if she was the woman. But she looked at the ticket. <laughs> she was just at the top of the staircase. And I was like, do I show you my ticket? I don't know if it was just a civilian that was like, no, that's fine. <laughs> the show is starting soon. <laughs> So, Great. and then someone else was like, the show before has taken a while, so you can go and sit in the lovely balcony area until you can go inside. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. So nice. Wait a bit more. I don't know why I'm telling you this many details. It's a lot of details, well, but I'm liking show. them. It's the last show we're talking milk about. Milk every bit. Milk every bit. Come on, milk that rubber chicken. <laughs> so we went out the, like, the, on the balcony thing. We see people taking, like, photos for some reason, which, uh, for, like, dull Instagram content. I'm not sure what they were doing. You don't understand people, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it looks like promotional stuff. It wasn't people taking photos of their lives. Oh, sorry. I thought you saw... Okay. Yeah, no. yep. <laughs> um, and then yeah we get filed into this space that is like we get like shuffled into this door it's a bunch of like chairs set up in a square formation taking up most of the room space there's probably room for about 20 people which is about how many people are there mm-hmm. and then on front of us is kind of like this mantle there's all this art hanging up around the mantle that has rubber chickens inserted oh, into the art magnificent <laughs> so like actual like, rubber chickens are like painted onto the it's a mixture oh great yeah and so it's like uh, and it was like famous paintings with a rubber chicken instead of oh, the person that's meant to be in the painting. That's funny. Really, really fantastic. That's good content. That's good content. Um, yeah, and and that's yeah a little risen stage there, and then we're all just sort of sitting there waiting for Jan to turn up. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it's, Elizabeth and I are sort of like in the middle, not really knowing like what to expect. Um, and then <laughs> out comes <laughs> Alexander Dimolovsky mm-hmm. as Jan Patinsky. Oh, so Jan Patinsky is the character. Jan Patinsky is a Jewish woman yep. <laughs> that Alexander is playing. Amazing. Um, Alexander, as I come to learn, is an 18-year-old boy. <laughs> and it's a one-man show. Oh, my God. Yeah, playing Jan Patinsky. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a... It was so absurd. The way that, like... It had the energy of, like, you go to your family friend's house, mm-hmm. one of the kids wants to be a performer, <laughs> so they've come up with a show to show you after dinner. But somehow the material's really good, yep. <laughs> super-duper weird, of course. Great. And for that reason, too, Elizabeth and I talked about this afterwards, we were expecting him to run out of material after about six or seven minutes. It was an hour show, and the material kept coming, and the quality was maintained. <laughs> what did he do with Jan Padinsky? <laughs> She just sat there and was just telling us about her life. Oh! <laughs> about, like, her husband, her best friend. What was the performer's name? Um, Alexander... Oh, God, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> Alex- that's why I wrote it down. <laughs> Alexander Dimolovsky. Alexander Dimolovsky. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just posed more and more questions with every second of his passing performance. 
It was like, and of course there were like jagged edges and weirdness to it, but it was like, that's what was so gripping about it. Cringe, baby. <laughs> oh my God. And it was just like, it was like clever and dark, quack, quack, quack really, quack. and just repeatedly funny in these ways that like the laughs that were coming out of the audience, it was like, rarely everyone was laughing together, but mm. everyone had a, like a go at laughing. Isn't it <laughs> nice when you sort of hear different parts of the crowd laughing at, this, at their own little humor? It's like, oh, yes. you're that part of the crowd. This is the hot, it's like different taste segments of the tongue. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And they were like, it was the sort of thing where it was like the sort of jokes. It was, it was quite like dark and strange. Like, okay. Quack, quack. Like, one of the jokes that I'm only saying because I think it's kind of indicative of this, like the taste. I'm not endorsing this joke. Go on. But I think it's important to say it. Okay, if I laugh, you can't judge me. Okay, <laughs> imagine that I'm Alexander as Jan Badinsky. Mm-hmm. A lot of layers for me to imagine having seen neither of these. From, <laughs> from memory, she's 70, 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in, I'm in. Yep. Um, so, imagine I'm Jewish and old and also Alexander. I usually imagine you're Jewish and old. <laughs> if Anne Frank wasn't so busy writing, ah. she could have spent the time trying to escape. I'm not laughing. You see, you listen to me, I'm not laughing. <laughs> Jake's laughing. No, it's like... I might structurally appreciate the joke. (laughs) No, James, it was like... It got, like, two groans immediately. Yeah, good. And then four seconds of silence. And then it's me going... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes, magnificent. And me and Elizabeth are laughing. It's like that's the <laughs> the things that kept happening was that's like really funny. I can't believe this boy is saying these things to us. Why is no one stopping him? And I was like, and that was probably one of the more tasteless ones because you know the Holocaust is not a gag fest. No. And also, even like that premise doesn't make loads of sense. But that's kind of why it was enjoyable. It's like no, that's not the reason. <laughs> I want to see this show. It's, it was that it was like wall to wall that. It was, and there were, and there were moments of real beauty when she talked, when, when, when Jan was talking about <laughs> Alzheimer's <laughs> and like her relationship with her husband, George, and like Diane, her best friend, hmm. um, who was like affected by sexual assault. And like, and Jan and Alexander managed to navigate that territory wow. while saying interesting things without making jokes out of, you know, sexual assault or something. Like they, they knew when it was like too much to make gags out of things. Yes. And they're 18? 18 years old. That's insane. And that's, so I see this show. It's over. It's fantastic. It's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I. It's nonstop gag fest. It was even like, a, but even when it wasn't just a gag fest, it was like, what the fuck are we? What? It was that yeah. thing where it's like, I never got used to the idea of like, huh? <laughs> what is this? Wait, wait a damn minute. And so then me and Elizabeth go downstairs back to where like the lovely pub with the lovely bartender is. Mm-hmm. And we stand there at this table and we both look at each other and we're like, oh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, we were both just like lost for words. And we was like, I have so many questions. Yeah. Who is this child? I, where did this character come from? Mm. And then just like, God heard us. Yes. Because then the dad comes over to us. The dad? Alexander's dad comes over. And is like, the first thing he says to us is like, who are you? Oh God, okay. (laughs) And I was like, huh? (laughs) And he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, what do you mean? And he's, he's the loveliest man. He's mm. super duper nice. Yep. And um, he was like, oh, I'm I'm the kid's dad. I just want to know how you heard about this show. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and we were like, oh, well, I actually have this podcast and Elizabeth's into theatre. So isn't that the most horrible thing you have to say? I actually do a podcast. It's, you have to really choose your tone. When yeah, you, you have to pick you do it. a podcast. Yep, yes. yep, yep. Um, but I'm very it. proud of this podcast. Oh, we both have different ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, very proud. I'm never proud to admit it. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. No, which is a shame. That's where discourse is at. Yes. But is it? Anyway, so yeah, we're talking to this dad who, of course, has the answers to so many of the questions that we had. Please tell me some of the answers. Oh my God. So that's how we found out he's 18 years old. Yep. 
That's how we found out that he's not Jewish. <laughs> he just wanted to play an old Jewish woman. And then it was so interesting getting to hear from this like lovely, very progressive, gentle man tell, answering all of our weird questions about Alexander and telling us about what it's like to like be the parent of a strange little performer child yeah. as he turns into like an artist. A strange little performing man. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was... The That's best. such a nice little way to end the honestly the fringe series. Mm. The 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 father just materializing out of nowhere. That's great. Yeah. Oh my god. I was oh yeah. so grateful for that man turning up. Um. And yeah. And he just seems like he just really loves his son. And apparently oh. the, like, the audience has been really like good and unexpected. And a lot of people from Alexander's school had gone to support him. Oh. Like it just seems like there's things happening. That's really good, man. It's really great. And now, <laughs> um. I want to do a thing that we've never done on this podcast before. Oh, no. And I, I wasn't intending for it to sound like something I was surprising. I don't like change. Um, <laughs> but I, I want to... Let's see how it starts to go. And if you think it sucks or something... Okay. Um, we'll stop doing it. As in, like, right now? or It's about the... to happen right okay, now. Okay, okay. Okay, what, um, I'll, I'll put the divider thing in now. <laughs> or is, oh, no, we're or, doing a full new segment. It's a full... No, Jake has not flagged anything with me it's before not this. No, it's not necessarily a segment, but it's a thing. Like, maybe it'll become a segment if it goes really You know well. what? Let's just nip it in the bud. Hit it! Hit it? That's not what nipping it in the bud you're means. Meant to, you're meant to <laughs> stop it when I say, oh, so we're hit gonna, it! We're going to do a divide. Hit it! Wait, I'm just asking. We're going to do a divide and then do, do a divide. separate thing. Yes. Okay. Hit it! Alright. Okay. <laughs> okay, so We're let's back. let's do this thing. <laughs> um, okay, so I did a thing with this show because me and so we're still talking about Jan Badinsky barely live. Okay. Okay. Um, so with this show, because me and Elizabeth were so flummoxed by our experience and so touched by like the oddness and even just like the time spent at this show. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like what it was this sort of thing where it's like I wanted to validate how odd it like made us feel and to be like that was that show was so strange that I want to know that someone else that I don't know felt in a similar confused, flummoxed way that I did. Okay. So I wanted to see if there were any reviews of it. Okay. 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 I see where you're going. Yep. And so I like googled like Jan Padinsky barely live review. Yep. And I find this review. Yep. It's written by. <laughs> um. And I wanted to bring it up because. Uh, I, I I'll just say that like. It was a really negative review. No. Yeah. It was like this really, really harsh review <laughs> of of this show. Uh, the show starring Alexander Dimolovsky and directed by Ned Harper Stanford. Um, and uh, I just want to... And this is not necessarily like anything against... I just think part of the point of this podcast is meant mm. to kind of interrogate the state of theatre reviewing in this country. Yeah. Um, and I just thought this was like an interesting case study in in, in what it's capable of. Positively and negatively. Yeah, hit um, it. So I just, like, I took out, just, like... So to summarise kind of, like, the content of the article itself, like, of course, picks it apart as a failure dramatically. Sure. And it's just, like, it's poorly written. There seem to be mistakes. Like, there was... They used the example of, like, you can see when Alexander, the actor, knows that a joke is funny because he's smiling not as Jan, but as Alexander. Oh, okay. And I was, like... And so I just want to say what... Uh, so what the writer... Um, of this review defined their job as. So he said, as a reviewer, my job is to take in the production before me, break it down into all of the elements involved, staging, lighting, direction, costumes, sound, performances, etc., etc., and then give a fair assessment of the execution of each element. I also have to, I think, try and understand what was trying to be achieved and how close the individuals involved came to achieving that goal. Mm. Okay. And... 
I just think that that definition is a very eloquent way of putting what so many reviewers seem to believe that their job is. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I yeah. was, I think that's a really that is what reviewers are and should be. You think they should, should be that? Should be that? Yes. You think they should be that? If that's what they if, if they're trained to review, and you think that's a helpful thing for them to be doing. I th- well, this is the whole thing, isn't it? I think it's impossible to live in a world where there aren't reviewers. You know? Sure. So okay. I think... But what should they be doing? Well, that's the question. What, what... Do you think they should... So, says that what they should be doing is going to shows, mm. working out what they think the artist was trying to do, mm. and then determining how effectively the artist tried to do that. I think they should stop at the working if working out what they were trying to do. I well, think that's, that's where they should stop. That's the, the, at least with this remark, that's what my objection to it was as well. Yeah, okay. Because there is nothing interesting or relevant about you comparing your guess, like you have theorized the potential and intent mm. of the work and the artists, and then have compared their actual show with your invented one. Yeah. And that is not relevant or interesting and should not and certainly not be a perch from which you are criticizing someone's art. Mm. Yeah, I guess. Sorry, like I said, no, no, sorry. It's a new thing that I'm just springing on you. You shouldn't. Yeah, it makes sense. You're not just (laughs) raring to go with things to say. I think yeah, because I really quite enjoyed the way they described the description of what a reviewer should be up until the last bit. Yeah, yeah, which which is I think in some ways what we do. We we do we talk about what were they trying to do? What was up? What was that experience? But we don't then say. It failed for these reasons. Yeah, it's like, how about they succeeded in doing exactly what they did? Yeah. You know? Just enjoy Like, how do you know what they were attempting to do? They did something. Mm. It's like the first, the first few words this reviewer says is like, as a reviewer, my job is to take in the production before me. And then goes in to break it down into all the elements involved. It's like, how about you just take it in? Yeah. And then just talk about it. You just it. describe your experience. Theatre makes you feel things. Exactly. That's what theatre is. And it's like, it's not your job, regardless of who, like, whose work you're talking about, yeah. it's not your job to rock up, decide what they should have done, and then talk about the ways they failed to do unless that. Unless you're a teacher. Unless you're in school. Well, unless you consider art to be something that you can objectively criticise. Mm, which is insane. Did, yeah. Like, I was talking to a TikTok influencer that I met the other day, and it's like, it's, it's almost like the double slit experiment in some ways. Like, it does, it's almost like Schrodinger's art. Like, art can only exist in my mind at least, yeah. subjectively, as a subjective experience. You're a person encountering this art in your life and you've lived your life up until the point you experience the art and that is the, that, that's the interaction you're having with the if art. If an art falls in the forest, did it really make an art? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no one's around to see it. I just, and, and, and as you said, I get that this is the way that some people think reviewing is supposed to work, Yeah. but it's not helpful. And then of it's course- It's definitely not helpful. No, I agree no, with that. I it's don't enforcing think... this idea that there's a correct way to do it. And also in this review, and I'm sorry if this sounds attacky. I don't want to sound attacky. I get that this is a thing that it makes sense that someone would write a review like this. Um, but even in the review, it's admitted to like wanting to be scathing. Oh, and then, that and, just and, seems mean. Well, and that's what confused me. Like, I don't understand where that drive comes from. Like, me talking now currently could sound scathing towards and they work as a reviewer, I suppose. Yeah, but we but know like, where that like, comes from. Well, exactly. But that's the thing. Like, I can interrogate where that desire to be mm. scathing comes from. And it's coming from a place of, like, wanting to defend a young artist. Yeah. And wanting to stop someone's voice from getting quashed or discouraged yeah. by someone who's gone onto the internet and then claimed to be doing a service. And that like, closes out the review by being like, oh, I don't want to discourage them. And it's like, maybe, did. maybe <laughs> don't put this on the internet where if you, like... Like mm. If you Google these young artists who are making work, one of the results Will is going to have review. this in it. Imagine saying, I want to be scathing. And like not feeling bad about that. Yeah. That, that is, and also, that just seems pointlessly personal. 
Like, why would... If, if you're going to say... If you're writing a review mm. that is meant to be read as an article that you've written to put out there, why... It's like we said with that it was all a dream. Why would you then say, I want to be this, but mm. I'm not going to? Why is that in there? Yes. If you're not going to do it... It's oddly, do it. it's oddly revealing. And yeah, and yeah, as you're saying, yeah, also like a thing that you immediately kind of go against by writing something that is so critical. Yeah, and it's then like saying, they... I'd like to insult you for your fatness, but I'm not going <laughs> to. No, but you are pretty fat, though. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? Yeah, we, no. What have we done here? And I guess, and some of this, because me trying to work out where this desire to be scathing came from, kind of also in the article is this sense of like, I review because I want to stop people from wasting money on bad art. And it's like, um, what? And it's like, pardon? It's like, first off, what? <laughs> Secondly, it's like, I had such a good, confusing time at this show. Yeah. I have gotten to see the work of young artists that I'm excited to, like, excited to see what they do next. Yeah. Reviews like this that insist that you know what good is and you're but telling people a- not to mm. go means that if I had been a person that went to reviews before I bought tickets, I would never have had the experience at this show that I had. Imagine saying, I know good art. Trust yes. me, this is good art. Yeah. That's like, what? No one can say that. No one can say that. And it's also like, I think a lot of us understand that like, sure, there is some art that is really unaffordable, mm. you know? And sometimes with that, you want to be reassured that it's at least going to be of like a quality. Yeah. Which oftentimes when tickets are really expensive, you mm-hmm. know that it's at least going to be shiny. Yeah. You know, no, exactly. you, you go to the MTC often... and it's like, you, yep. you know it's going to be grand. You want to like, see Hamilton? See Hamilton. You know, And that, you know what yep. you're getting. But yep. with like these independent things, like there's a risk involved. That's the fun. That's, that's the entire part of the joy of, of, yeah. Yeah, and it's like that's why I've friends. really enjoyed Fringe. Yes. I've enjoyed seeing shows that I didn't necessarily like, but I wouldn't have seen otherwise. You yes. know, and I enjoyed seeing shows that weren't polished, and I enjoyed seeing shows that were a little rough around the edges mm. because, like you said, it's part of the risk, it's part of the thrill, and there's value in that. Yes, like this pursuit of things being pieces of art that would measure up to the criticism of these people that are on these critical pedestals mm. that doesn't make art more interesting yeah things like that and things like weirdly like just like weirdly determined awards and people on mm. these reviewing pedestals determine what good art is for so many people and then that just begets copycat artistry of things that get rewarded and it makes people less unique and less excited by the chance to do something strange yeah. because they've never seen something like that get applauded sufficiently before. It's weird to incite competition where there doesn't need to be any. It's sure. weird to be like, we need to make this into a, a... There need to be teams and there need to be players and it needs to be a fight and there needs to be a winner. Mm. And to be a winner, I need to judge it and I need to say that that's good or bad. Yes. I think that's really lame. Yeah, especially in the arts, you know? Yes, exactly. It's like, we the, the arts already has so much to fight against. Yeah. Why would you then divide it up? Yeah, and create it into this, like, largely unspoken, hopefully not super prevalent sort of infighting, or at least this understanding that there's also a contest happening. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, God, if that show gets good reviews, I'm gonna, I, I need to get good reviews. Or, like, that shouldn't be the zeitgeist. That mm. shouldn't be the vibe we get. No, I don't like it. If this, I hope this doesn't upset this reviewer. I hope this feels like it's like a balanced take on what you're saying. I think it's as fair as what you did to Alexander. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's like, yeah, I'd like to be scathing. I, d- but I'm and not I, going. And again, to I don't want to be scathing. But if it, it, all of this, I hope obviously is coming from a place of caring about art, the art, and caring about yeah. artists. And yeah. I just, I know that 18 year old me wouldn't really have survived a review like that one. No! Oh my god! Yeah. I'm now just imagining, like, 18-year-old James reading bad reviews. Oh my god. Ugh, horrible. Oh my god. If you think you can give them constructive feedback, send it to them. Mm. Don't tell all of cyberspace. I guess the moral of the story is, 
friends don't let friends become theater. No, James, we can't do the outro yet. Oh, we it's not meant to do the outro. I'm just bringing the line back into play. Oh, sure. oh, well, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It, it friends don't me- let friends become theater critics. Yeah, no. Friends <laughs> don't let friends become landlords. Friends don't let friends become lawyers. All these things. Yeah. No. And of course, and of course, there are like lovely reviewers out there. Like James Robinson really knows how to write a, like a really lovely review. Yep. Like yeah. And that's the thing. I'm all for reviewers that are. If if you're a reviewer and you're just putting out positive stuff and focusing on the good stuff. That seems fine. <laughs> like, I'm okay with that. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's hypocritical. I... Sure, no. Well, yeah, I just certainly have no time for anyone that walks in with a rubric of any sort and is like, I know what good is. You better yes. do that. Yeah. It's like anything that clutters up this thing of, it's just storytelling. Mm. And for like me, at least, anything on top of that that turns it into anything other than just humans being generous and full of empathy and compassion, everything else to me is a toxifying element. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we should round out. Unless you have anything else to say. Uh, my contribution was friends don't let friends become theatre critics. Okay, so I guess we'll do the little noises and then we'll finish this thing up. Bong, 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 bong. Yeah, that is what it will sound like in Yay. just a second. Yay. Fuck. Fringe. Yeah. I had something for this. For what? I had a new fringe pun. It was really good. Oh, and you saved it for the very end. And I forgot it. You oh, forgot it. Oh, God, what was it? That seems appropriate. Ah, oh, well. Um, Jake, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> final commentary, final final notes? No, I'm just really, really grateful for having seen so much amazing art. Mm. Um, so much art. Jesus. Just yeah. so much. Um, yeah. To just, it's just, it, oh, you know, it's, it's cool to experience and be made aware of how many people are doing stuff. Yeah, that's one thing that I that, that was quite eye-opening for me because there's always a bit of theatre on, but when it's all at once, it's like, there is just so much talent out there. There's so many people just out there just making stuff. They're lurking. doing things. Yep. And when they all come together, it's just a real gorgeous little gremlin-y time. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. I think I oh, I think it was Simon Abrams that said at that thing I ended up at with, with Connor before we saw those Greek gods do circus. Yes. <laughs> said that, like, it's amazing what happens when you give money to the arts. Nah. It's almost as if amazing things can happen. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, seeing this, it's just like, this is what a, like a festival is capable of. And there are so many people ready to, and clamoring to, like, tell these stories, make this art, be strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're always out there. It's not just during festivals. Yeah. Anyway, let's stop being schmaltzy and weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, no. But yeah, no, it was like, I'm really grateful for having, getting, like, getting to do this with you. Mm. And everything that I experienced and the people that I met, it was like really, really fun, this Fringe. Yeah, I've had a really, really great time. Great. I've never experienced anything like this. Great. Yeah. Um, And thank you to whatever time period you're listening to this in. Thank you so much for coming on this marathon with us. It has been a marathon. We appreciate your ears being around, wrapped around our mouths. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So have you worked out what that pun was or are we going out without one? (laughs) Fringe, fringe. Fringe, fringe pun fringe, was it like a particular fringe. there was a good one was it a genre it'll was come it a... back to me if I remember it I'll ask Jake to edit it into the end of the episode and I'll say sorry James it's too late <laughs> uh, oh um, god it was on the tip of my tongue I oh. bet it was <laughs> um, but I guess if James is not going to have it remember that we already may disagree with everything I definitely have... I definitely disagree with saying that I wanted to kill that person so I, I, I already disagree with a lot of the things I said this episode we may already disagree with everything we just said and friends don't let friends become theatre critics that's right we have an email we have an Instagram and now that Fringe is done we need you to tell us what's on send us your send us your links give us give us your your updates tell us where to go and we'll go yeah with our big eyes and our bigger wet ears ready to listen and watch 
James has wet ears. Good night, everyone.